There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk The Go Radio Business Show with Sir Tom Hunter and Lord Willie Hockey. I remember saying to a recruiter, right, I want to speak to the chief exec and I want to speak to the operations director of Olympus out-of-town division. And we decided to take on the operations director and it absolutely changed my thought of what we're going to do in out-of-town. We didn't take the ball, we took the second in command. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that sounds a wee bit like company espionage, but it wasn't, it just happened that way. <laughs> With workflow solutions. Tom, I think we should start small with a wee bit of sad news. Very sad news, Willie. The passing this week of Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger, my goodness. So for those of the listeners who don't know, Charlie was Warren Buffett's business partner. He was 99 years old. I had the pleasure of meeting him, Willie, when he was a very sprightly 95 at the Beverly Hills Country Club. He has breakfast there every Wednesday morning with... Um, interesting people I don't know how I get through the net but <laughs> I was asked to pop along so there was there was five of us and him for breakfast he had just come from doing a deal to buy a residential tower block in <laughs> Los Angeles at 96 <laughs> and, aye and um, he sat down and it was people from finance who was at the breakfast his usual kind of cohort and me for Newcomnock which was quite interesting but he was sharp he was incisive, he knew what he was talking about, and then at the end, Willie, he actually said, right, you're the guest, tell me a joke. And as you know, I, I don't really have jokes. If you'd been there, you'd have told him a joke. And I said, oh, I don't know, I'm going to tell you a joke, and I'll give you time to think. And he told the filthiest joke, which I can't repeat on a Sunday morning, obviously. <laughs> can't repeat any morning. And he was just great fun to be around and you know when I look at Berkshire Hathaway Willie and Warren Buffett actually credits Charlie with taking him and his mind away from looking for really companies at cheap cheap prices and it was Charlie who came out with this great line and it's something that has really resonated with me he said don't buy fair businesses at wonderful prices by wonderful businesses at fair prices. Yep. And that was him saying, yeah, don't 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 go and buy something because it's cheap. Buy it because it's good and pay a fair price for it. Yeah. And that has really stuck with me. Right. Is there anything that, that, that you read about well, him that's <clears throat> I've watched a lot of stuff about him over the years. I've watched his interview. I watched it, he'd done an, an interview on CNN. It was brown, it was about 45 minutes. And what a character. And I think what it's good now that obviously this is a, the business show and we talk about partnerships. This will go down in history of one of the greatest working partnerships ever. It will. Right. I mean, and how him and Warren Buffett have lasted so long and the work that they've done. And it's amazing that, you know, that Warren, as you say, Warren takes all the credit, right? <laughs> but when he when he gets the chance, he obviously, he tells people how important that Charlie has been. But I think that, when when you when you seen them uh, how you say how active he was at ninety six, so for anybody who thinks there that they're getting to the end in their business journey, maybe <laughs> at 65, 70. Aye, come on! Some of the best people in the world are just starting. <laughs> and Willie, he also credited, which will resonate with you, poker. Yes. For honing his business skills. Yes. So you've been a poker champion. I hear you might be back on the cards. Are you? Uh, well, I think for the first time in a number of years, I, I played in a tournament a few weeks ago. But it's fair to say that I was ring rusty. But yeah, I am. What does ring rusty mean? It means because it's like anything. If you've not been doing it for a long, long time, <laughs> you make fundamental mistakes. But you uh, know, I enjoyed it. And, and he's right about that. And for people in business who do... Um, play poker, then you know it certainly stimulates the mind. You've got to you've got to use everything that you use in day to day in business. I'm telling you to to win at poker. And I I think 
I'm going to give the last word here to Charlie himself. He, he did an interview with the Financial Times earlier this this year, so he must have been 99 given this interview. And he was asked by the Financial Times about his imprint on the world. And Charlie Munger replied, I would like my legacy to be a more relentless determination to develop and use what I call an uncommon sense. So he was a bit common sense and he said there's not a lot of it about. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wrong about that. So uh, another gentleman who gets a mention in the show quite a bit every week, our friend Andrew Bailey. Yes. He's been warning this week about tough times ahead, you know, and, and the fight to get inflation to, to 2% or below, he was kind of seeming to hint strongly that the, the recent, you know, the drop in inflation didn't mean that we would see very quickly a reduction in interest rates or even hold them. So there's a chance maybe they'll go up again. What do you think? And I think my pal's at it again. So you were telling me just off air before we come on that there's a new... OCED, is that the right? Um, all these acronyms. Yeah. Um, saying that they were still worried about inflation, um, growth across Europe, even Germany, Willie. Yeah. Germany is gonna it's gonna be the worst growth in Europe. Yes. And the UK is gonna be the second worst. Yeah. I mean, this is a ton. I mean, Germany was the powerhouse of Europe. Yes. So I think the strange financial times ahead. I don't think we're going to get a cut in interest rates anytime soon. No. Um, you know, my crystal ball's not any better than anybody else's, but if people are hanging on for an interest rate cut, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it. I think inflation is stubborn. We don't know what's going to happen with energy prices, Willie, and there's still wage inflation in the economy. So all of these things just yeah. lead me to think, hmm. Now, the signs from Germany in the last couple of weeks... Uh, have been concerning, you know, because I think it's the first time as well in a long time, Tom, where they done they they done a new focus uh, mm -hmm. forecast. Sorry, so they'd given a forecast like maybe five months ago and come back and said, no, no, it's worse than that. So some of the guys in Parliament are jumping up and down, but it's interesting. It's not just Germany. I've been watching some of the stuff this week in Sweden. Uh -huh. right? So Sweden is going to show that it's maybe stagnating, and people are talking about that the the whole property and housing sector in Sweden is upside down with new builds absolutely grinding to a halt. Right. So this there's a wee kind of contagion going on here, I think, in, in Europe. And obviously we've been talking about it, you know, for weeks and weeks about the whole housing bubble and what's been happening. And and I think that um, this is a worry, you know, and, and you know, obviously this is, is, is taking us on to housing. When you read this week, again, about the problem with now... Uh, more and more immigrants are getting the right to stay and the homeless number is increasing. So the, the pressure on the housing sector now is actually more than it's ever been at a time when we're seeing and we're reading that there's a slowdown as well in development. I'd, just a word on the immigration. Um, Scotland needs positive immigration and so does the rest of the UK. I think the Tories have got themselves tied in knots in this. Um, I saw a really brilliant wee video on social media and it's a guy sitting all hooked up in the hospital and he's saying, I bumped into four immigrants today. They gave me a triple heart bypass. <laughs> and I thought, it sums it up. Aye. You know, there's a positive story about immigration. But just to go back, and I thought of you when I read this, that the House of Lords Economic Affairs Committee, and I was thinking, I wonder if Willie sits in this, had said about the Bank of England they were using inadequate forecasting models and, in their words, there was a democratic deficit for Parliament scrutinising the Bank of England. Were you on that committee, Well, you? I was, but the first day I turned <laughs> up with my abacus, they threw me out. <coughs> so, uh, no, I'm not on that committee. And what you'll find is it'll probably be uh, Conservative heavy and, uh, and what the bank are saying won't be aligning with what they're saying <laughs> and uh, what we call in the other place. So really in, in the House of Commons. But I do think all of that, wrapping that up, Tom, 
it, it doesn't look as if we're out of the woods yet in relation to inflation. No, we're and not. it certainly doesn't look as if we're out of the woods with kind of money drying up in the system. And I, I think, you know, I talk about it every week, this lag between them taking action, like putting up interest rates and it hitting the real economy. I listen to quite a lot of people in the real economy and things are definitely slowing down, will yeah. And um, so tighten the belt, watch the cash flow, get on it, and we'll all get through it. But a bit of tougher times ahead, I would say. Yeah, I was really interested, Tom, and I couldn't believe it when you told me that you read this week that actually mortgages, the applications and successes are actually up. I, just just the past month, it was just something I read coming into the show this morning. Huh? So there's, there's definitely something, because of the, of the shortage, Willie, in housing, which you know about and I know about, um, we really need to get Britain building again. Every time we can get into economic growth, it's a building-led growth story because it puts so many people to work, yep. so many tradesmen, so many apprentices, everybody's out there. The demand's certainly there. And I know you've been meeting with some interesting people over the past couple of weeks, I think you had a good meeting um, just last week. Maybe you can tell us what's on your mind about housing now. Well, um, over the last few weeks, I've had many people come to see me about what we are doing in housing and the new model we're trying to create. Um, you know, I had a visit from Willie Watt and his team from the Scottish National Investment Bank. And I, and I had a visit, I said, I had a meeting with Adrian Gillespie a few weeks ago. But um, this week I had a very interesting meeting uh, with Paul McLean, the Housing Minister for the right. Scottish Government. And I'd have to say it was a breath of fresh air to have a Fantastic. meeting with a minister who actually knew a lot about the subject. Wow. So I don't know if Paul's backgrounds in building or what can, you know, whatever, um, surveying or whatever, but it was refreshing. And uh, I think I, I have to say to you that, the, that I thought the meeting went very, very well. He was really interested in what we are doing. Uh, he wants to follow up on that. So a big thank you to the government for finding, especially to the Minister, uh, Paul McLaren, for finding the time to come and actually look at it. I have said to you in the past, I've invited the Greens on many occasions, but they don't seem to want to come, so they're not getting another invite. But I, was, I have to say that to, to, to the SNP and to the Housing Minister, a big thank you for taking the time yeah. to come. Look. Well, listen, I, I like to think we um, treat people evenly in this show and sometimes we criticise when it needs to be done yeah. but, but you're giving a shout out and I thank you this morning yeah. so my only caveat would be let's 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 just judge them on their actions not their words Willie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I, I was encouraged you're encouraged uh, yeah so <laughs> we mentioned last week you brought it up actually about the potential of Nat West yeah. selling down their steak yeah and it's it's kind of been reported this week it was actually Hargreaves Lansdowne that shows that the steak if the steak was sold at the current price it would represent a 28 billion loss that's real money right. money. real money so are the, are the government going to waste our money and in a rush to score a political win. Are the government going to waste more of our money, Willie? I think that's yeah. the question. So, um, just to recap in this, back in, in, in the bad old great financial crisis of 2008-2009, the UK government had to bail out RBS, NatWest, and it bought an 84.4% stake. Yes. Because it was bust, Willie. Yes. And, yep. you know, we can get into the details of that. I don't really want to, but no. <laughs> um, the less I think about 2008, personally, the better. Um, we, we, being taxpayers and UK taxpayers, Scottish taxpayers, have now got a 38.6% stake in RBS, NatWest. Um, and Hargreaves lands down a right if it was sold today. It's a 10-year low. But as usual, the headline betrays, once you get into the detail, what the UK government has said, and I'm not I'm not defending the UK government, but what they have said is they will look to realise this subject to value for money in 2025-26. I don't know what value for money is, Willie, but and, and remember, it wasn't bought as an investment. It was bought as a lender of last resort. Can you imagine if that bank had gone bust? It was too big to fail, yes. really, which is a, a quite a quite an interesting statement. Um, but 
it'll be interesting has the as the Labour government said or, or the, sorry the the Labour <laughs> opposition sorry that was a Freudian <laughs> slip there Willie I the think, Labour government in waiting I think I've been listening to you too much <laughs> have they said there in the bit of steak or is that no, I think Rachel Reeves had something to say last week when it was muted, um, and obviously that they would they would not want to get rid of an asset where they were going to lose twenty eight billion in a loss. Now, if I was them, there's a there's a big decision to make. You know, why not let the Tories take the can for that, right? You know, and say, look at the mess that you know that. Remember when we famously left. Um, the note in the treasury that the till was empty. I There's think no more money. Exactly. So I, I wonder. Um, what, but I, I don't think that uh, Labour have been too engrossed in this at the moment. But, but we've been doing other things, and you see that Scottish Labour, ma'am up. <laughs> there were these figures that show that company creation in key high growth sectors in Scotland is at a 10 year low I was really disappointed right. number of new was. businesses registered in key sectors like energy and renewables dropped for the third consecutive year to a low not seen since 2014 that's got to be a worry I mean Willie that's the stuff that breaks my heart because we do so much to try and help these figures go up and only last week, you know, with the finals of Scottish Edge again, some brilliant companies pitching and one and a half million pounds going out the door to these companies, which wouldn't have got unless we'd, we'd got Scottish Edge and the wonderful Evelyn McDonald that, that runs it. So I think we need to, well, certainly as a foundation, I need to sit down, understand these figures better and see what more we can do. Yeah. And I think, you know, Going local, you know, we're talking about growth. We've had many d debates about the Greens' approach to growth. And I was so saddened to read this week that we've been going on and on and on about the state of Sucky Hall Street and we'd right. love to see it revamped, regenerated. And I see that a developer this week put a proposal forward to convert the old Marks and Spencers into a flats, into flats, right, into flats okay. right? That it went before the planning committee in Glasgow, and the green councillor who was, the, I think, is the deputy chair, but was the chair because the chair wasn't didn't turn up, whatever. Anyway, the long and short of it was, it was five for and five against, and the green councillor voted no. Right. to a multi-million pound development in a part of the city. Now, this, so, so people know, this is not us getting political. This is us making a business statement about the regeneration of one of the parts of the city centre that we're saying that needs generated. And the first time that people come forward to spend tens of millions of pounds to maybe help that, they get a knockback. What is going on? What, what their objection was? I, I don't see it, but I heard someone saying that they said that they thought the building was too high. I'm not that, so don't quote me on that. But anyway, for whatever the reason was, right, I will guarantee you that the person making that decision does not understand for one minute the importance of growth and regeneration. I mean, you've got to get houses, first of all, places for people to stay, You've got to regenerate city centres and what, what better than to put people back living in the city centres? It, yeah. it doesn't seem right, Willie, to me. Well, well, the leader of Glasgow, Susan Aiken, has said on many occasions, we want to revitalise the city and what we need is more people moving into the city. And there's lots of talk about taking old buildings, derelict buildings, whatever, and creating living spaces. Here comes a developer with a fantastic idea to kickstart the regeneration of Sucky Hall Street and they get a no. What is going on? What is going on, right? Well, I, I want to finish this wee segment on a high, Willie. So, um, a business that we we both know, Robert Graham Dairies, Scotland's biggest independent dairy. It's maybe the fourth generation. Um, so, I was reading that they're saying since 1974, the UK sales of milk has actually halved. I know it's not halved in the hockey household, um, but what's taken over for them is yogurt-filled protein products. They have grown 800% in the last year, and that's what's boosting the growth of Robert Graham's dairies. Wow. Who would have thought? Amazing, amazing. <laughs> and, and to finish on this wee segment... I'd like to put a message out there to, if there's any ladies out there, women running businesses, yep. right, that would like to come on the show, 
Well, it can be on the board you can't afford or it can be come on and tell your story. We've had some very interesting women on the show over the last couple of years. We'd like to encourage more. We need more. So, yeah, we need more. So please write and let us know and we'll be delighted actually to, to have a chat with you about potentially coming on. Definitely need more women on in the new year. So get on your socials and get in touch. Let's hear from you. Coming next at Hunter and Hockey, chat to Martin Mackay, Chief Executive of Clyde Gateway. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, part of the Scottish Procurement Framework for Managed Print Solutions, available to all public sector bodies and charities. Go Radio. There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security, and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs, saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk. Business show with Hunter and Hockey. This week's special guest is Marcin Mackay, Chief Executive of Clyde Gateway, an urban regeneration company. Tom, I've got a very special guest this week. We've got Martin Mackay, who's the Chief Executive Officer for Clyde Gateway. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Billy. Thank Martin, you. nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Now, Tom. just just off of Mike here, as as we say in the radio business, you know, now we're radio stars, you know. Um, Willie was bigging up Clyde Gateway, something terrible, because he set the bar high, Martin. So I hope you can just kick it over the ball. <laughs> tell, tell us a wee bit about the early days, about you yourself, and how you've ended up in the role, and then as much as you like about Clyde Gateway. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, I initially trained as an architect and I worked in private practice for, for a good number of years uh, with a great range of clients and worked with a lot of good people. But I kind of realised that my skill set probably wasn't in the creative side of the business. It was a bit more about project management and, and delivery. So uh, after a lot of soul searching, I made a move over to what's called client side and I went to work with University of Glasgow. Uh, and I went there on a contract initially, mostly looking at things like student residencies and so forth, and then had a period back on the the campus where I got to work on you know you know some fantastic buildings and some fantastic projects, and that kind of really sort of put me on a kind of platform of of thinking about where I wanted to go next with my career. But you know I just never really got that that move. I was kind of in my you know, early 30s, trying to make that step up, not getting the, the promotions in, in the uni, not really getting the move somewhere else. And I decided I had to kind of sort of make a change in, in my career. And that's when I ended up at, at Scottish Enterprise. So it was a wee bit of a, a sideways move. I actually think I took a, a modest salary drop when I went to oh, Scottish Enterprise. It was so a the, punishment. It was a punishment, yeah. The ego <laughs> took a bit of a bashing. I'll, I'll not, you know, I wanted to do something different. And when I went into that organisation at the time, I was lucky enough to join the, the Clyde Waterfront project. I worked on projects like the Hydro. You were chair at SE Glasgow at the time, Willie. Wow. Uh, and uh, I also worked on a range of other projects as well as energy energy projects or energy efficiency projects we were working on some projects like that and it was a real great great time for me and I really enjoyed it and that's where I got introduced to to the Clyde Gateway project and ended up leading the Clyde Gateway project across Scottish Enterprise Lanarkshire as was uh, and Scottish Enterprise Glasgow and working with uh, the local authorities so I was part of the team that that drove the business plan for for Clyde Gateway. So Martin who who came up with the idea of Clyde Gateway? Yeah, well, it was very much a, a partnership project. So you had Glasgow City Council, South Lanarkshire Council and Scottish Enterprise. And you had Scottish Enterprise kind of sitting in the middle there, uh -huh. really trying to kind of coordinate all of that activity across the partners and then work with the Scottish Government to then try and bring in the investment. And what we were looking at at that time was then saying, well, because M74 was planned. Right. The Commonwealth, we were bidding for the Commonwealth Games at that time before the other parties started to sort of drop off. And the potential economic boost that could come from that, you know, and how could we drive regeneration in, in the East End. And so it was a real collaboration then? It was a real, it was a real collaboration. Best example. It, Sounds know, good. Best example. And yeah. a number of the a number of the partners signed up to it. Uh, at the time, you know, we had a document that we could all kind of bring ourselves around and it was my job to just try and help sort of shape that a little bit and look at the policy and the strategy and how we could get that down into a delivery working with, with all the partners. So I helped 
set the company up, registered at a company's house, did all of that type of stuff. Right. Um, helped. So you were there right at the beginning? Right at the right at the beginning, but on the basis that I was there to kind of help get it started. And then I went on to do other things in Scottish Enterprise. Uh, Ian Manson was the chief executive that got appointed. He took over sort of late 2007. Right. Got the company started in, in 2008. And then I ultimately went over there in 2009. Okay. Uh, and, and, and a role helping really drive the delivery on the on the ground. Went in as a, as a senior manager and then you know, I've just been lucky enough to kind of work my way up through the organisation. And then uh, when Ian uh, decided to retire last year, they had a recruitment process and I was fortunate enough to get through that. And, and do you and think get... that blueprint, as Willie would call it, is could could happen again today? Is, other, is there lessons there for other collaborations to make things happen? Yeah, I mean, I'm a real big believer in partnership and partnership delivery because I think, you know, a number of the challenges that we've got you know, not just in Glasgow, but across, you know, across the country. A lot of these challenges are, are long-term, deep-rooted things, you know, and they need yeah. new thinking. And we were a, a Pathfinder Urban Regeneration Company, but they were we were one of six in Scotland. All right. But we're the only one that's remaining in its current forum and and still delivering. So, you know, we've lost a lot of that that capacity across the UK and I think, so, and also in Scotland. And I think the difference for us is, you know, we had that strong partnership commitment, you know, both councils really behind us, Scottish Enterprise behind us, funded and supported by the Scottish Government. So we've been able to drive delivery on ground and, you know, critically we've had community support as well. Right. You know, and the community's really helped drive what we're doing and then we've been able to bring in some businesses that have really, really helped us as well. But he was a genius of this idea because I'm sure that Martin would tell you the area that's been regenerated and hopefully Martin will tell us a wee bit about some of the successes of that, but this area was probably one of the most contaminated parts of Scotland. Yeah. Right, the grounds there, there was no chemical works away back in the day. I see. And if this was not a collaboration with the private sector, mostly the public sector, you would never have got the funding to repair, to do the remedials, to get the development that you have done, Martin. Yeah. It never happened. Well, no, well, thank you for saying that, Willie, because I think... You know, a lot of, you know, when you're investing money into the ground, you know, it, it kind of disappears and people say, well, what did you do with that? You <laughs> yeah. know, but you're saying unless you can get yourself to the starting point where you're ready to kind of get the next level of investment, you know, and that's where a lot of these, you know, bigger regeneration projects can stall because because of the risk appetite and dealing with some of these challenges, the long-term nature of it as well. And that's the benefit of us having had long-term funding and long-term support as we've been able to look two, three years ahead. Right. Whereas a number of organisations will get set up and you know they'll maybe have constrained funding. They've only got a couple of years in which to try and make an impact. And that's difficult, you that's, know. Well, it's almost you know, impossible. Yeah. It's almost yeah. impossible. Give, us, so, give you know, the so. listeners a couple of examples of, of what you're really proud of in this regeneration that, that people driving can 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 see? Yeah, well, I guess we, you know, but we, we talk about people, place and jobs, you know, putting right. people at the front of what we're doing. So I, I think a number of the big impacts that we've made have been impacts in the in the local communities. Right. So it's not just about physical regeneration, it's about the wider regeneration Definitely. and that's the big difference uh, as well. But I think in terms of some of the physical stuff that, that people will, will see, you know, we've done a lot in infrastructure. We've built two bridges across the Clyde. Uh, we've refurbished the Marnock Station. We've built Cunningham Loop Forest Park, which has been an absolutely uh, fantastic facility. Right. And then within the business as well, we've grown other aspects of it. Uh, so Red Tree Business Suites is our collaborative workspace brand. We now operate two of them. We had three, we sold one. We're about to bring another one online in the, uh, in the new year. We're also, we also own and operate energy networks. We've got two live energy networks, one just recently live, one just about to, to complete over. So we're working in that space as well. And we've been lucky enough to work with a, a number of, of housing providers, social housing, private houses, house builders as well. We don't build housing, but we help facilitate it. Right. And we've had something like over 3,700 homes wow. uh, built in Clyde Gateway. And again, that's been with support of our, you know Glasgow City Council, our partners and others to kind of really get that boost happening. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously convincing the government to put Police Scotland's headquarters yeah. there, you know, in a, in a jobs black spot, maybe you know, in the east end of Glasgow, was a yeah. great move. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you my own story, Tom, which mm -hmm. is it was just true. So I owned a small two buildings yes. uh, on the redeveloped area, 
and I was very proud of these two buildings because I bought this off the council way back in 1990 and I built two 4,000 square foot, which was the first city offices that yeah. we built. And we were the first refrigeration company in Scotland ever to build purpose-built offices. Right. Right. And then we boomed and then we, we outgrew the building, but we always kept it. Uh, and I always wanted to keep it. And then Clyde Gateway came along, uh, it was Ian Manson at the time, and Ian says, look, we'd really like to buy the building. And I says, no, I don't want to sell this. It means so much to me. And, uh -huh. you know, I says, no, no, I, I really don't. And, and Ian kind of shared with me what they were trying to do. Anyway, he convinced me. But they were very fair. You know, Clyde Gateway were very fair in the price that they, when they bought the building off me. And, and my disappointment... Uh, dissipated immediately when I seen what he's built on it. Yeah. Like, I drive by there every day and I think, yeah. wow, no, so, when I see so that red street. When they put on a, a, a building that houses many small businesses. Ah, right, okay. right. So right. Spears Gumley, I think, you know, yeah. uh, Lorraine, who we know well, yeah, good friend in the show. thank you for calling her a small business. Yeah, no, 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 she's the anchor. Let's yes. call it that she's yeah. the Everybody's anchor. Everybody's a small business right. compared to uh, my She's business. the anchor. And, and, uh, and she's been on the show and she was brilliant. And I was, we were with her last week, she was like, Lenny goes with Tom. But I think what you've done there when I drive by that every day I, I honestly I think wow and I see what you've done now you've taken down the old uh, Arnold Clark yeah. you're about to do something there so yeah. driving by the same way to work every day for 30 odd years and see the way that that's been regenerated driving over going to Celtic Park and seeing the houses yeah. that have been building the Clyde uh, as you says it is absolutely a, a, a blueprint for a regeneration initiative so Brown. So why did I don't think I can ask Martin this question because right. he's in the job? But well, I, why why are more regions and councils not using this model yeah. of collaboration? It's just not got enough people thinking out the box because and, it, and it thinking, sounds amazing. Think that what's positive, going on. that positive. People all what it looked like back in the, in, in, in obviously worked with Ian for many years, you know, and, and delighted on the part that he played in that, and he's, he he now deserves his he deserves his retirement, but. I think that that's a great example where oh, every day you looked at barriers. You know, every time anyone came to redevelop anything at Shawfield or in the southeast, you know, cadmium in the ground, contamination, all of these things. It was always oh, once we've once we've drilled, we're not building. Right, we're not yeah. building. You, you know, so I, I think that this idea of the only way this is ever going to be regenerated is if we can come up with a plan where the government can help. And this is where government and business works together, yes. right? Yes. And I think the idea what you've just heard man saying is now what we do is we facilitate, mm -hmm. right? So we'll help with the land, we'll do, we don't build houses, no, no, what we link or the what we the local housing associations. But if you anyone who's used to driving to work in the southeast of, of Glasgow over the past 30 years and they see the differences, they've got to be wowed. So I would recommend to anybody uh, that's listening that, that feel as if their area needs that, go and talk to the people at Client Gateway about how to get things done. Yeah. And and Martin, but I'll I'll take it out of the politics because yep. we know you're in the job and you don't, <laughs> don't want to put your foot in it. But you know, how have you gone about getting this collaboration? You know, because it's something we talk about in the show a lot. If if we can collaborate, we make better decisions. But there seems to not be a lot of it about. So how how have you managed to get this collaboration? Well, I think in you know in the early stages, it's about it was very much about opportunity and need. You know, there was a real desire to do something in the East End that had to, it had to be done. It right. wasn't like a, a kind of optional thing where you could have just continued to let yeah, to let the disinvestment continue. Um, so there needs to be that big big imperative about it, and I think it's it, so it's understanding the need, and then it's having the clarity of vision and the clarity of purpose to kind of drive these things forward. And you need to sort of bring people with you. Um, so how do you do that as the chief exec now? Yeah, so that's, for us that's about starting at that policy level. What is the policy, whether that's at a Scottish government level or at a local level? What's the policy level? How can we then devise a strategy that that, that, that reflects that policy? And then how do we deliver it on the ground? And I guess where a lot of these types of regeneration initiatives maybe stall is when they get to that kind of delivery point. Right. So we've been lucky enough in that we've been able to build a team of people who are used to delivering projects on the ground. They're, they're used to removing those barriers, you know, that Willie talked about, because, you know, we spent a lot of time on land assembly, dealing with infrastructure challenges, but you need people who are, who are experienced in doing that, and you need people who are prepared to take on a bit more risk appetite than perhaps they might be used to in, you know, maybe in a public sector organisation. 
Right. So we've been able to bring in a mix of skills and it's getting that that kind of element and then having the tenacity to go on and do it. Yeah. I think where you're invaluable as well when when there was a bit of doubt whether the Scottish Government were going to finish the last yep. 4.7 miles of the M74, I think the lobby for Clyde Gateway went a long way in making sure that that happened. And, and for people who don't know, it would have been criminal for that never to be completed. Right. And what that last bit of motorway does there is, is unbelievable. It used to take me 45 minutes to get to Ross Hall. Right. It takes me 12 minutes. Yeah. Right. So what that has done to the local economy, to the GDP there as well, has been amazing. Yeah, and, and, and that's where, you know, you know, this you know, the Scottish government, the local authorities take credit, you know, because these are big infrastructure investment programs yeah. and you know, we you know, we're not building M seventy four, they are. Yeah. But what we're then saying is where is the economic opportunity that comes from that and how can we build how yeah. can we build upon it? And you know, I remember with the M74, it went to a public inquiry. Yes. And when we were doing the business planning for Clyde Gateway, we had all these scenarios, you know, if the M74 got built and if it didn't, you know, if the Commonwealth Games came or they didn't and all of these types of things. And we just, you know, there's that element of good fortune, but also the fact that, it, you know, like good strategy. You know, we got the, M we got the M74, we got the... Uh, we got the Commonwealth Games. And I think now for having a kind of roads-based investment, it's probably a harder discussion to have now, maybe 10, 15 years down the line. But, it, you know, it was sorely needed. And the, you know, the lack of accessibility of the East End was a big, big barrier. And, you know, that we really helped open that up. Yeah. And so what's the next big project? If you if you can tell us, can you share with us what's the next big <laughs> thing you'd like to see? Tell, tell <laughs> uh, the, the secrets. Well, well let, let's see in terms of the obvious things. So we've, uh, we're working really closely with Scottish Enterprise. We've agreed uh, a memorandum of understanding. So potentially 16 million of investment into around 60 million of space for high value manufacturing companies. We've got right. the first of those projects on site. We're building 57,000 square feet of industrial space out at London Road, right. targeting them specifically at those at those types of companies. We've got a couple of exciting projects on the ground as well. So that that's great. So is is that business led? So you're you're looking at it going right, where is the future? And can we just build just ahead of the future? Is that how, yeah, how it yeah. works? Yeah, so it's looking at that kind of sectoral strength. You right. know? So you're basically saying, right, uh, you know, if, you, if we want to create high-value jobs, yep. we need the space for for those types of companies. Let's try and get the, the right type of space in the right in the right place and maybe don't let it drift towards some of the lower-value uses and try and hold hold on to it. So we're, so we're doing a bit of that. We've got I mean, a couple, that is really valuable stuff. It really it, you is. know, it should be. And we've done it with with other organisations. Torashima Pumps is an example of, of a company that, that's here. Uh, TransCanada Turbines, uh, those are another. You know, so, you know, these are the types of organisations that, 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 that we want to bring in so uh so that that's working working well uh, we've just launched our eastworks development which is a, a new office development in demarnock and that's home to utopia uh, they're a kind of a digital uh, technology company working in the environmental social and governance space ecg space so that's uh, great and we're about to put another one of our red tree business suites brands into that into that space as well so that's going to launch in the new year so that's looking great and then the um i'm having a great couple of weeks uh <laughs> not been on here, of course, but... Of, uh, of course, the, the highlights. Highlight, the, highlight, the, highlight, the highlights, that's what helped unlock. So <laughs> uh, so we, we just got the announcement of 16 million of levelling up funding for Shawfield uh, in partnership with South Lanarkshire Council. So that's... So what are you uh, going to do that, in Shawfield? Com coming through. Well, we're going to continue that programme of remediation. So that includes the Arnold Clark uh, uh, space that, that Willie mentioned earlier on. We'll be doing some more environmental work. And we're about to build uh, two new industrial units, uh, energy efficient, uh, at that kind of leading edge. And we'll be, again, we'll be targeting those towards high value manufacturing companies. Wow. So that, you know, those projects are challenging. You know, we've got infrastructure challenges, remediation challenges, but, you know, yeah. we're going to get behind it and, and get it delivered. Yeah. And I don't know how much can be said, but I believe there's exciting stuff happening around about Shawfield Stadium, maybe. After all these years, uh, well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> come it's on, really, Martin. It's in the it's in the uh, in the public domain. Uh, there's been a couple of public exhibitions now. The owners of the stadium are looking at significant redevelopment, including residential, hotel, and ancillary uses. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah right. including a King family, including yeah. a residential right. tower. It's yeah, it, you know, 
it's polarising opinion a wee bit. Some people are absolutely for it. Uh, some people are not, are not so sure, but... Is that the five Clyde fans that still exist? Is <laughs> possibly, <it>? <laughs> possibly. But the, you know, I always say, you know, people drive services, people drive places. You know, if we can kind of draw the residential uh, into Shawfield and start to create an area where people can live and work, then I think there's a real, a real exciting opportunity there. But what a site, eh? You know, that triangle Amazing. site. Amazing, yeah. yeah, it's in, yeah. It's been one that's been, been on for a while. So, yeah, we've yeah. been... Yeah, so hopefully... You know, we're happy to support yeah. people who are looking to bring projects forward and, you know, that's an example of it. And then, of course, it's got to go through the planning process and let people take their views and opinions, but it's got to get started, you know. Yeah, but, it's, I mean, it's fantastic. And, and can you share, is, is, there a, is there a plan just now? You're still making your mind up about the Arnold Clark site once you get the... Once you get it yeah, so that that's the thing about the Arnold Clark site is the so essentially that was where White's Chemical Works exactly was. Yeah. So that's you know it was almost directly on top of that on top of that site, <laughs> and uh, we've been remediating around about uh, around about there, uh, and now we're we're going to get right into the, the really complex area, and so we'll see. I don't want to be too you know, too over ambitious there, but you know, we, we, first of all, we need to get the remediation done and then go from there. So the main reason why I really brought you on this morning is so with all of this going on now, is my site right in the corner? I'm just going up and value every day. <laughs> I still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you were benevolent, uh, Willie. So that, I think that's... I, the that, last that, time, I'm no, no with the next part. No, no, that, that helped us. Uh, that helped us get yeah. forward a little bit. So that was great. Brilliant, man. What a story. Thank you so much for coming on. Martin, you've educated me this morning about, I'm always critical about collaboration and local government, central government, local authorities, but you've just given me the blueprint. So hopefully there's a lot of other people listening this morning, Willie, who can say, why can't we do that in our area? Yeah. Go and speak to Martin, get the blueprint and get on with it. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, turning your paper-based processes into organised and digital workflows. There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitisation, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work-from-anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk The board you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Tom, our guest on the board you can't afford this week is Ali Gibson from Booksnoops. Good day, gentlemen. Good, Good day, morning, Ali. Mm -hmm. Good morning, Ali. Mm -hmm. So tell us a wee bit about the company and then ask us your question. Okay. First of all, thanks very much for the opportunity to be here today. You're I welcome. really appreciate it. Um, and I think the show's pretty darn good. Thank well, you. Well, you know, some, some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the company that I've set up or is in its early stages of being set up is called Booksnips. And it's a series of children's books initially aimed at 8 to 11-year-olds. Um, and these books will put children at the centre of every storyline. They will save the day. They are going to be the ones who... So how do you do that, Ali? Uh, basically, within each book, we can we can place a child's name within okay, the book. right. So throughout the book, instead of having the word book snooper, um, it will be their name. So, right. so Willie could get his grandkids oh, yes. in yeah. here, right? So you're okay. trying to create yourself as Harry Potter. <laughs> sorry, JK, sorry. <laughs> You'll get sued, Willie. That was a plug. That was a plug. Potter in that case, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... It's actually to get children to use their imagination more and to take them or entice them away from tech so that they're back to reading and writing and using their imaginations in ways that they've probably never tapped into. Yeah. Um, now, we did a pilot with the book in a, a primary class and what the teacher did, which was very good, was she took the book over five weeks and they split it. So they would do two or three pages in one day and then... There was a section of the book where there's a character called Pessimistic, Pessimistic, and he's from the planet of shadows, and he's the bad guy. He hates books, <laughs> and what the children don't realise, they will never see him in the book series. And the reason that I've done that is because 
I want the children to imagine what he would be like. Mm -hmm. And what that also does is it allows children to become more forthcoming about things that they're a bit unsettled about uh -huh. because of what pessimistic represents. And alternately, there's Curiouser, Curiouser, who is a shape-shifting robot, and he's the one who guides the book snooper through the adventures. In each book, the child must solve these puzzles and they have to write them down in the book. Now, they can wipe them away. The books are recyclable. A lot of the children who have seen it, and that's well over 2,000 now, right. um, <laughs> love the texture of the book. Uh -huh. Every one of them kept holding it right. really tight yeah. because of the softness of the covers. Um, and we designed it specifically so that it was kind of child-friendly. Child, uh, yeah. So they can't rip it apart. It's re as I say, it's recyclable. But they can also do things like um, from this, they would be able to go on a website that we would have and they can solve more puzzles then. So what we're doing is we are recognising that tech has a place in this, yep. but we're focusing but on it's literacy. it's not 100%. Exactly. Right. It's the kickstart would come from the literacy side. I, th I think it sounds great, Ali. And it, sound, it is actually to improve. Education Scotland approved the book. Right. Um, they've looked through it and they've checked it all through and said that it covers all the literacy requirements. Right. So we were on the right path with that side of it, but what we want to do is take the concept of the book down the line and adapt it for therapeutic reasons. And you need some some funding, do you? Yeah, please, anyone right. out there. So um, I, I think you should apply at Scottish Edge. I, I, don't, I will. I don't get involved in who gets the money. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get involved. Mm -hmm. But you should go there and see it. Mm -hmm. And there must be other people listening yeah. this morning who, mm -hmm. who maybe get some ideas for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we can put you in touch with them as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it sounds a great idea that you're Thank putting you. the, the, the kid. So let me ask you, we all get excited by what ideas that we've always had. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you, what was the true feedback from maybe your pilot with the kids, the teachers, and maybe the parents? Did will, that encourage you? Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I have to say, I, my sister, Pauline, at the time, was helping me. Um, but she's had to step back. But we went into the classroom after the pilot scheme had finished. And I honestly <laughs> thought we were going to get things thrown at us or something. Um, and I was honestly, I was tearing up because... Every child loved it. Yeah, brilliant. We right. actually said to them at the end, now, we want you to tell us the truth because this will make us be better yeah. with what we then design yep. and properly. And so we need you to be honest with us. And we said, right, who who really liked the book? And every single child put their yeah. hand up. Wow. Brilliant. There's volume two. And that was the question we said, right, if you have one question to ask us, what would it be? And three Three boys put their hand up and they said, when's the next one coming out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we thought, Brilliant. well, we've done something good there. Yeah. But the other thing was, there was a lady who, when we took it to a, a, a small cafe, we did a, a sort of introduction thing there and there was a, a group of people, parents with their children. And one of the women came up to me after it and said, um, Alison, my daughter is extremely shy. She's very, very quiet. And I was actually wor worried about her because I thought she's not socialising. And she said, I was at your last venue and my daughter has since went through the book. She goes, and she can't stop talking about it. Wow. So I thought, well, that's, do you know what? If I never do anything else yes. in my life, you know, we've, we've helped that young girl. So it can be adapted for children who've got sight problems or any other, like yeah. dyslexia. Right. We've linked up with one of the universities to do that. So, so what's your question in a board you can't afford? Well, given the experience that I've had with regards to funding um, and it being a creative and sort of industry that we're trying to get into my question was do you think that Scottish business has lost its confidence to take risks good wow. question that's a big one will it I would say um, in my experience I would say no I still think that mm -hmm. people that are still you know taking risks in business um, I think to be fair that back in the day maybe that people would generate enough cash in businesses also to look at other things and mm -hmm. maybe invest in that. Mm -hmm. I think people are still investing big time and taking risks in their own business. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot less of what I'd call cross-fertile, you know, uh -huh. people, right? Uh -huh. So, but I would say, yeah, I still think that, no, they are. I think it's 
tougher at mm-hmm. the moment for people like yourself. Mm-hmm. Startups mm-hmm. at that real embryonic stage, mm-hmm. you know, to get people convinced. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you get this story to the right person, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that there's people there that can bring mring- mm-hmm stuff to this um, well what I can definitely tell you just listening to what you've got to say just now mm-hmm. and watching what my own grandkids do um, after the show I'm, I'm going to get your number because I'm going to introduce you to somebody who I think that I'm, I'm not about investment but I think mm-hmm. he could maybe help you take this to the next level before you get to level one that'd be fantastic actually Brilliant. yeah thanks so I mean like like Willie I don't think Scottish business has, has lost you know, it's a general question and mm-hmm. it's, I can only give you a general yeah. answer yeah. Um, sometimes I think I'm too close to it you know because mm-hmm. we're involved with edge and all the rest of it and mm-hmm. trying to trying to solve these issues mm-hmm. um, but no I, I see a, a, a quiet confidence in Scottish business that's a nice phrase and um, you know we're not American so we don't shout it from the <laughs> rooftops but it's a nice quiet confidence in Scottish business and mm-hmm. I see other business people trying to help um, somebody like yourself mm-hmm. and I think you know uh, your story this morning I think people will write in phone in email in to the show mm-hmm. and actually think oh I can I can help here and because there is there is more help for business startup than there's ever been in Scotland today that's good to know. that's a fact mm-hmm. now you're not quite linking up with it mm-hmm. so that's maybe a wee issue mm-hmm. but the Go Radio Business Show can maybe help with that mm-hmm. so let's I would like you to keep in touch with the show mm-hmm. let us know how you got on mm-hmm. and that'll be good feedback for me to, to let me know how the system is working or not that's excellent but I think it's a brilliant uh, idea I think getting kids reading I mean I'm a I've got three or four books in a go at the one time. <laughs> it's, it's really helped me mm-hmm. um, reading and um, encouraged all my kids to read with mm-hmm. limited success. But <laughs> He'd um, love to be a hero man. He has books. Yeah, <laughs> love. And, um, right. So you need to write a wee we'll story. We'll we we, we tam the tank. We tam the tank. <laughs> we baldy tam. Uh, I'd be interested to ask all those kids that you're telling me to use their imagination about mm-hmm. pessimistic. I wonder how many of them thought about their dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing. There was no feedback on that. I think at all. we should finish it. There, uh, <laughs> Ali, Ali, thanks very much. It's a real interesting project. We mm-hmm. wish you all the success, and I will definitely connect you to this mm-hmm. guy. Thanks very much. I appreciate well done, it. Ali. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Tom, this is the last show you this year, so I want to say a big, big thank you to all our listeners who have stuck with us throughout the year. And we're having a wee break now for Christmas and the New Year, but delighted to come back in the New Year. And just to say to anyone who listens to us through the podcast, please subscribe and then we'll get a better idea. And we're looking at new ideas in the, in, in the New Year for the podcast. So when it comes, have a wonderful time during the festive. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Helping your business with document management, print and IT solutions. Go!